What is up, Internet? Randy King here with the Randy King Live Podcast episode. I don't remember. I'm front-loading these, so we're deep into the episodes right now. Uh, It's the episode that it said on the thing you downloaded, so you know what episode this is. You don't need me to tell you. Uh, This week, we have a huge name in the field on the show, and I'm very excited to have a debate with him. Because this is such a huge name in the industry, a lot of you are joining me for the first time right now just to hear this episode. So I want to go over the format really quickly so everybody understands what we're trying to do here. This show is a debate-based podcast, not an argument-based podcast, where myself and the guests are going to try to increase the discourse and conversation in the self-defense industry. In my experience, my limited experience in the self-defense field, I either find people that agree with me, and so we're just so busy nodding that we get carpal tunnel in our necks, or we disagree and nobody talks. So what I'm trying to do with this platform is get people who are in the industry who have done this for a while to have a discussion outside of their current talking points, outside of what they want to say, and we can maybe try and build new opinions or thought processes on certain topics that are plaguing the self-defense industry. Number one, I want everybody to understand We are doing a debate. The debate will be 20 minutes long. During that debate, I've sent my guest a list of argument fallacies or logic fallacies. There's 15 fallacies that we'll be looking for on this show. If somebody uses a logic fallacy, they have to take a page out of the ConCom book, who one of the people on this show helped write. They're going to take a deep breath. They're going to release it, and they're going to say, I'm sorry, I used a fallacy there, and they're going to compliment the person across the board and give up their turn on the conversation. If you catch us, so this is the listener interaction part, if you, the listener, catch one of us in a logic fallacy that we don't catch, please send me a video of yourself pointing out the logic fallacy. I will feature you on the show and I will pay for my crime and push-ups. This is the only way I'm gonna learn. So if we're too busy in a conversation we drop a sunk cost fallacy, for example, and nobody calls the other person, it's your job as a listener to tell me that we messed up. I'll give you a shout out on the page. We'll pump all your social media stuff and I will send you a video of me sweating doing push-ups to pay for my crime. If you don't know the 15 fallacies we're using, please jump to episode one. Episode one explains each one of the fallacies and the format that we're using. Now that you understand the show, I need you to understand one more thing. I mentioned this is a debate-based podcast, not a argument-based podcast. Debate means I'm going to pigeonhole my guest, my guest here, Mark the Animal with Young, into one side of the topic. Now, Mark and myself are going to be arguing the topic, not our beliefs on the topic. Beliefs will pop in, but our goal is to argue the topic. We don't want to just sit here and have an agreeance conference. We want to try and build that discourse. So... If you want to hear mine or my guest's actual thoughts on this, that will be on the final thoughts portion of the show. That is on the $5 level of the Patreon, Randy King Live. So, I'm done talking. Let's introduce our guest. Mark, please tell the listeners who you are. (laughs) Well, that would take too long. Sure. (laughs) How about I just settle with saying um, I have a lot of experience with violence, crime, um, the build-up to and the aftermath of. So basically, um, our approaches at Safety Concepts, which is a company I'm uh, starting, is that there are three stages to a violent incident. One is what happens before, two is the physical, and three is the aftermath. Right. Um, 
we actually cover all of those, and I've spent my entire life learning all those aspects. Yes, and I agree. And if you don't, again, if you're a listener of the show and you're not coming here because you know Mark, Mark is definitely one of the, I want to say grandfather, but not in like a, he's an old way, but in a respectful no. way. He's grandfather's one of the, good. Sure. He's one of the grandfathers of the reality-based industry. And as far as I know, you were one of the first people writing about this stuff, period. There were a few others, but we were voices in the in the forest. Right. Yeah, it was very, very rare back in the day. Now it's become this whole prolific industry, but right. definitely well, you now, were one of the pillars. Right, and now everybody uses the terms and the ideas that we introduced yeah. as though they've always been in the martial arts world. Exactly, like Alpha, for example. Like, I don't know who brought that up, but yeah, somebody maybe once said that, and it's definitely taken a life of its own. <laughs> you had to bring the one thing I am embarrassed about in introducing into the self-defense world. Yeah, we, right. we've met before, right? You get it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yes, so, I understand that. <laughs> so, Mark, thank you so much for being on the show. We're going to start the debate. So, uh, listeners, the debate for today is, and I might rephrase this incorrectly, so Mark, correct me if I'm wrong. We were trying to find a, a great topic to cover. The topic is, is there an ethical issue with people who teach sport-based martial arts saying that they teach self-defense? Mark, is that, do you agree with that topic? That's what we're saying. Oh yeah, that that's sure. yeah. Was Mark, my opinion was my opinion showing there? Yes, it was a little bit. <laughs> what side of the debate do you want to take? I'm going to take the side that it is a very big ethical issue, and uh, <clears throat> not a good one. Right. And so that pigeonholes me into the side that I would never normally argue, but that's the whole fun of the show is that I have to debate my point one more time for the listeners. These are not my actual thoughts. This is me trying to win a debate. They're very different things. If you want to hear our actual thoughts again, $5 on the Patreon, final thoughts. Every episode has final thoughts. All right, Mark, you are the guest, so you are going to start with an opening statement. You have up to four minutes to make that. I'm starting my clock now. I know you have a clock ready. Yep, yep, yep. Getting and my... tell me when you're ready to go. Um, come on, come on, come on again. You know, technology... <laughs> I started out and they had an AK, a thing called an AK-1, which was a thrown rock. <laughs> <laughs> so these, awesome. this tech stuff is... Um, no worries. Take time. <clears throat> there we are. We're going. Okay. Ready? But I, ahead, did, I did get managed to hit the thing. That worked well. Um, right. I do consider it to be a horrible ethics violation to promote something that is a life-and-death issue um, within, well, the wrong information, a different type of violence, and without the understanding of the consequences. So, you know, one of the things is humans have a default uh, uh, conflict behavior, and that's hey-diddle-diddle straight up the middle. Um, we think of violence as fighting. Fighting has rules. Fighting has levels. Um, training somebody with physical techniques that are promoting fighting or self or um, sports martial arts, which actually takes away a lot of the dangerous elements of a fight, and promoting that as self-defense is a horrible wrong to be uh, inflicting on your students, especially how many people are doing it purely for financial gain, right? Now, 
they may not know it. They may, and they may believe that there are elements involved. And yes, all of that is true. Um, but self-defense is a totally different field than sports competition. And the marketing that goes behind this where, you know, no rules, right? This is the closest to real street fighting you can get, right? Well, um, first of all, do you know the history of the no holds barred um, term? A little bit, but expand. Okay. One of the things is that no holds barred can, in American thinking, general America, is that there's no rules. Right. All right. No holds barred in a sports competition situation means within that art, there is no holds of that art that is that are barred. Mm, interesting. Okay. Right. So you have a disconnect. And let's talk about ethics up here. Is that if these people think you're talking about this, when in fact you're talking about this, right? That's promoting and marketing the idea that this is self-defense and or street fighting, right? Um, now, this exploiting these people's lack of knowledge about this subject so you can pocket the money, right, yeah. um, is really unethical but you know at the same time telling people yeah this is sport this is for fun yeah you may be able to use it, parts of it as self-defense I don't ha find that to be an ethical issue at all right but promoting it as self-defense when there is so much to the subject of self-defense other than the physical yes I find that unethical there I'm done awesome perfect right on time dude that was great alright counterpoint so Again, I need to remind the listeners, this is not what I would normally argue. This is rough, and he set me up pretty hard here, so this is good. This is fun for the debate. <laughs> Number one uh, counterpoint is the word self-defense is a liquid term, it seems like. Now, I know it's a legal term, but when it comes to marketing, I don't think ethics are the issue with self-defense. I believe the issue is that a lot of people do truly think they're teaching self-defense. If I go to an MMA gym... And I walk in and I'm like, I want to learn how to defend myself in a cage against another person. That could be considered self-defense. So I don't think that when somebody in that situation, not knowing the totality of violence, they can only look through the lens they have. So if I'm a fit young male, to me, self-defense is the bar fight. And the pre-attack cues and that stuff doesn't matter. What matters is when the fight goes physical. So the major concern is when people are saying, I teach self-defense for... Uh, MMA or IT self-defense from this part. They're purely speaking of the physical aspect of it, and I don't think they're incorrect in that assumption because the definition is so different to so many people. Mark. Well played. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, I mean, damn, you're good. You are a salesman. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's why I made a debate show. I love doing this. <laughs> <laughs> um, you make a lot of very good valid points, right? Sure. And yet, here's the question. Is it ethical if you do know, mm -hmm. right, to still do that? And, I mean, you make a very, very valid point of if they don't know and they honestly think that's what they're doing, that is true. However... <laughs> 
Let's talk about lying. Sure. Okay. In this culture, we understand lies in the context of providing false information for gain or avoiding consequences. Yep. Okay. It's, it is a d deliberate deception. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if somebody, and this is an ethical question, if somebody is told this information yeah. and they pass it on in good faith, yes, is that person lying? I think you need to be conscious of the lie, so I don't think they're well, lying. Okay. All right. Good. Because most people say they are not lying because there is no sense of deception. There's right. no intended deception in it. Sure. They're passing on bad information in good faith. Yes. Now we get to the ethical point. Yeah. What if you begin to suspect ah. that it's not true and still continue to pass on that same information? To truly remain dense as an instructor, not a yeah, student, yeah. Yeah. but to truly remain dense to the fact that self-defense has other application, mm -hmm. and yet you still continue to promote it. Right. Right. There's where we run into the ethics issue. Sure. I was going to call you on a red herring, but you spent it right back around, so I'm glad I didn't say shit. That was very good. I was like, ah, this is red herring, but it's not. So. No, no. Remember, I deal with lawyers. <laughs> yes, that was very good. Let's look at the, the training modality. So uh, when somebody says they teach self-defense for a business, some training in a lot of these areas is still better than no training. So if somebody decides to walk into a gym for self-defense – even though they might not be learning self-defense principles on the soft skill side, they are still going to have a physically more fit body. And I would take a low-level pro athlete in a fight over most professional martial artists, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So they'll have a higher level of physicality. Plus, they'll start to understand their body. They'll be able to move through space better. And they'll have the mechanical ability to do damage. All of these things build confidence, which then puts you up higher on the risk-reward system when being picked as a threat. Damn, you're good. <laughs> More than that, you're not wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, this is where – this is one of those like, oh, gosh, we've got to be careful to keep it uh, debating. Yes, yes. Final um, thoughts will be super fun, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um Here's the one of the things that is very commonly, and this is this is an ethical issue. Again, it's going to take a step to get there. Um, one of the big things in self-defense world is empowerment. Ugh. Yeah. Um, well, one of the things I have problems with is empowering dysfunction. Okay. Okay. Now, um, you know. Doing my deep classical uh, references here, you know, Spider-Man's Uncle Ben said, with great power comes great responsibility. Sure, great reference, yeah. <laughs> um, when you empower somebody, when you give them this confidence, it's easier to instill confidence than it is to instill competence. You knew I was going to bring up Rory on that one, right? Sure, a little bit, yeah, yeah, that was good. <laughs> um, I agree with his assessment on that. The question is, if you put in confidence, well-deserved confidence is a wonderful thing, right? On the other hand, I've encountered many people 
who were trained that they have empowerment. And back in the 90s, and I say this now, people are like, no, you can't be making this up. <laughs> uh, or you, you have to be making this up. You, that can't be real. Um, there was a motto among the women's self-defense world that a woman should have the right to white, walk naked into a biker bar and not be molested. Okay. Sure. Yep. So when you talk about building confidence, that is wonderful. But where is the counterbalance of knowing where the limits are? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can get away with walking in a biker bar. Please have clothes on. Um, <laughs> we'll see. No, that's a leather bar. Ah, right, right. Sorry, my mistake. <laughs> make a note. Make a note. Yeah, that's I got note. that. I write that down. Um, but, you know, the question is, what are you capable of handling? Mm -hmm. And that should be your level of confidence. Yeah. Right. Whereas if you don't know this is beyond your pay grade, it's t I mean, you're going to walk into that. Mm -hmm. But if if you know this is my level of confidence, what I can do. Right. Yep. Beyond that, I'm out of here. Right. Right. If you don't teach that, is that ethical with giving instilling confidence? Sure. Uh, I just wrote down three notes that I'm going to say on final thoughts because I want to agree with you so much right now, but I'm not allowed to. <laughs> It's very fresh. It's very frustrating for me. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, look. Right now, we're we're focusing very strongly on worst case scenario. We're focusing on something goes poorly, and they need the proper skill set to do it. Realistically, most people aren't going to run into a violent situation. One of my favorite jokes I say in my classes is, if you can afford my class, you probably don't need my class, right? Because you live at a socioeconomic right, level right, where right. it's not going to bug you. On that note, then, if somebody's going in there and they're, they feel like prey, giving them the – even if it's false confidence, which you're kind of alluding to, even if it is, that's still, again, going to dissuade – and I'm kind of in circular logic here, so I will move forward. It's going to dissuade the, the people coming in. But also, I think one of the really good things about sport training is the – the word pressure testing is thrown around a lot in this industry, but there is a level of pressure testing. Yes, it is – it is uh, there is rules based because we don't want to hurt people, right? Cripples and corpses. We'll bring Miller in again one more time, right? We don't want to have that. Yeah. But, but I think they learn what they can and cannot do through a sparring modality. Like they know, like oh, the big guy in class is here. He keeps tapping me out, or he keeps knocking me down, or whatever. So when they go out into the world, they see somebody of a similar stature or build. They're like, ah. That guy beats me in class. No way I win in real life. So I don't think it's all purely false confidence. I think by testing yourself, it gives you a good, it gives you a good analysis of your own internal competence. You're you're not wrong. Okay. Okay. Um, the everything you just said. Yeah. If you have an instructor who is telling you. Mm -hmm to think like this, to understand this is what's happening. Yes, you are developing these skills. There are things beyond your pay grade. Mm -hmm. um, yes, all of that, that is very ethical. Right. Yes. Um, the, yeah, you can kick the shit out of anybody. Mm -hmm. um, that you fear no man. Right. Um, that, again, that's where we're running into mm -hmm. the downright ethic violation 
Yeah. But then if you see that developing in a student and you don't do anything, we're back sure. into the shady. Right. So I right. think let's spin back to the topic. The topic is should sports styles, can they ethically say they teach self-defense? Now we're, we're getting, we're getting into kind of like instructor biases here a little bit. So if we can move to like just a general uh, overview of that analysis as opposed, because obviously right. there's going to be outliers on either side. Here, right? right. We don't right. want to, we don't want to get too into the weeds on that. At least I don't at the moment. I do later though. Yeah. So, uh, so going forward then, I think even if the person knows, and so that's what we're talking about, the ethical part. Even if the person knows what they're teaching isn't legal self-defense, I still think that they could put self-defense on the window because they can they unfortunately English is a language you get to classify the definition. And this is the whole 2019 thing, right? So I could see them easily arguing backwards, showing how it was an ethical breach. What do you think on that? I think yes, you can argue, and I mean this is why we're having this debate. Yes. Um, you can argue that you can take elements mm -hmm. of and that of what is being taught and apply it in a self self-defense yeah. situation. Sure. Um, so you know, it's kind of you know, when I studied um Bagua Zingyi, the, my instructor said, Well, yeah, you could use it to defend yourself. Right. But that's not what it's really about. Sure. Um so you know even with the with the clarification of, hey, you can use these elements for self defense, but it's not really self defense. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, I have no problem with that as an ethical stance, right? And presenting it, and which right. is again, hey, it's fun, it's health, you know, it gives you something to do socially, you know, you you get in good shape. All of the benefits are wonderful, yes. right? And if you really want to redefine self defense to like. Well, this will help you keep from having a heart attack by being in good shape. Right. Which yeah. <laughs> many people do. Yes. Um, you know, it's it depends on how wide you define self-defense. Right. I think and I think that's the intrinsic issue of this whole thing. Right? right. And that really is. And I mean, I deal with lawyers and courts and that. <clears throat> yeah. Stop. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My opinion was showing there. Yeah. Um, and quite frankly. What I have learned by using the narrow definition of self-defense is exactly how much your training puts you in danger. Interesting. Go on. Okay. I have a saying, which is your training, or you only have one of two problems with your train, having to use your training. Right. Number one, it doesn't work. Number two, it does work. Right. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, talking about this, and I mean, I am, I charge $200 an hour yeah. to work on court cases, yeah, right, where I have to deal with teaching the attorney why what the individual did was self-defense. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, there's way too many mistakes that can be made. All right. Um, there's a guy named Raul Rodriguez that we use as an example. Okay. This is a guy. This is a guy in Texas. Who there was a party down the road. He called the cops. Then he left the property, his own property, walked down the street, confronted these guys, said, "I'm in fear for my life. You know, <laughs> you're making me in fear for my life." Right. Right. Um. And he was absolutely convinced he acted in self-defense. Sure. 
Now, Nimrod the Magnificent also had his cell phone as he's filming this. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, that is, you know, Nimrod shot himself in the foot with that one. Yes. But I also want you to understand that people are going to be filmed. Yes. Right. So the danger, and this brings is another ethical issue of, okay. of claiming yeah. this is, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I'm good at this. Okay, good, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, is if you don't know what not to do, mm-hmm. everybody focuses on teaching you mm-hmm. what to do. Okay, interesting. Yep. Okay. But if you are not being taught what to do, your self-defense training is bullshit. Sure. Okay. So if, I mean, everybody's concerned, what if I freeze? What if I can't stop? You know, what if, what if, right? And my main thing is, do you know how to stop? (laughs) Right. Right. Do you know how, if you have to use your, your training physically, did your instructor ever teach you how to stop? Yeah. Right. Otherwise, you're going to beat the guy down, right. and guess what? Excessive force. Yes. So, you know, when you talk about saying self-defense, and you mentioned the squishy. Yeah, it's super squishy. Right? Squishy definition. Realize that we're talking about training for an action. Now, do we do, ethically do we do our students service by not teaching them that? Okay, so I barely have a counterpoint, and we only have a minute left. Um, so <laughs> this is my this is my attempt. This is my obfuscate here. Disparity, oh. dis- disparity of force. Yes, I used the word obfuscate. <laughs> disparity of force. Yeah. So in most self-defense situations, there is a disparity of force. We could argue, right? Usually, and I mean self-defense, not a mutual combat, like in a self-defense situation, the person right. picked you because they think they can take you. Right. So maybe in the disparity of force area, the need to stop isn't as heavy as you just argued because it sounded more like an equal to equal conversation as opposed to a much larger person to a much smaller person. So we look at the dynamic of a organic self-defense situation, yada, yada, yada terms. There is a issue there. I don't know if it's as big of an issue as it was made out to be in that point. And I, not that I don't agree with you because I do, it's killing me. But I think that, in that situation, maybe it's – I don't want to say it's better to be judged by than carried by, but a li- I'm don't. not – but a little a little bit that. Don't so I, I'm not – but a little a little bit that in this situation. Oh, timer's over. <laughs> I talked this out there. Awesome, Mark. So we're not done, me and you. But no. the free <laughs> – no. But the free <laughs> podcast is over now. So listeners, thank you so much for listening to the show. I greatly appreciate it. Hopefully you got something out of this talk. And I really think the coolest thing about the show, because I think it's like episode 15 or 16, is that we're not telling you what to think. We're giving you opinions so you can make your own goddamn opinion on stuff and you don't just have to parrot or regurgitate what people are saying in the field. Mark, thank you so much for being on the show. That was awesome. We're going to jump to final thoughts in a second. But first, how can people find out more about you? Uh, they can find me through Safety Concepts or No Nonsense Self-Defense. MarkMacYoung.com uh, or Facebook. 
Awesome. And Mark is very active on Facebook, and he does all – I don't know. I don't want to speak for you, but he usually reaches out if you reach out to him. So feel free to talk to him. Awesome. This has been another great episode of the Randy King Live podcast. Don't forget, final thoughts are on the Patreon at the $5 level. Me and Mark are going to have a very fun time doing final <laughs> thoughts in about two seconds.